the college football experience, Virginia Cavaliers, 2023 season preview episode on the sports gambling podcast network is brought to you by sports gambling podcast, Patreon. Yes. What are you doing? Score exclusive perks, content and contests, including our NFL win totals contest with a thousand dollar prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Once again, that is sportsgamblingpodcast.com uh, slash Patreon. And remember, as always, folks, to let it ride. We're also brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app to get last minute tickets at the lowest price guaranteed. Use the promo code SGPN for $20 off. I'm sorry, promo code CFBX. I always forget I have my own. CFBX is the promo code to use for $20 off. We're also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use the promo code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. Uh, only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code SGP. Hey, this is Derek Stevens. I'm the owner of Circuit Las Vegas. You're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. Twenty-three season preview episode. Oh, I'm excited to talk about the Wahoos as we go into year two of Tony Elliott in Charlottesville. Uh, and look, I mean, this is a pivotal year. I think you obviously had that uh, tr- the tragic events that happened from the season before, but you know, uh, obviously the ACC seems to be a, m- a bit of a mystery as far as if they're going to be a conference in five years or not. So I think it's really important for the schools that haven't put football first necessarily over the past few years to really get a grasp on it. I'm talking to the Virginia Cavaliers. I'm talking to Boston college. I'm talking to Syracuse. All right. Perhaps Duke and wake forest as well. Uh, we're going to talk all about it. Uh, you're probably wondering just who the hell you're listening to. And that's fair. My name is Colby Swiggin database dad, AKA pick Dundee. That's not a pick. This is a pick. He was raised in the land down under where a man thinks on his feet speaks with his fists and lives by his wits. When Dundee happened, he was a superstar. I smoke and I drink and um, I don't have stress and I'm healthy. Man, there was a time when I was a kid growing up where Virginia had a quarterback named Sean Moore who was fucking nasty and they almost played for the national championship. After that, they had a guy named Mike Rowe and I remember them beating Florida State, the number one team in the land. And they had Rondé Barber, Tiki Barber, Charles White, all these great guys, man. But that is a long time ago. For the most part of the past 20 years, it's been a little, it's been, uh, you know, Bronco Mendenhall had a few. I think Mike London had a decent year here and there, but it's been some tough sledding for, for the Cavalier fans. I am joined by my co It is great to see him back on the show. He is the host of the NBA gambling podcast and the WNBA gambling podcast, which you should be subscribed to give it up for Terrell Furman jr. How you doing, man? What's going on, man? I'm, ah, it feels good to be back in college football. Like I, 
the people are forgetting. And, it, and the people are forgetting. They think I'm a basketball guy, Kobe. Mm, they think mm. I'm a basketball guy. Well, you are and a basketball guy too. You know I am. what I mean? I but, am. But 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 we're 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 football and basketball, right? Yo, I mean, man, we love football around here, man. Like I I can't wait. I'm super excited. Week zero on the horizon. Let's get it. All right. Well, let's talk about let's talk about Tony Elliott because. Uh, that was not an ideal first year, but uh, you got to give him a little bit of a pass because of the terrible events that happened. I, I wouldn't wish that on anyone's uh-huh. first year at anyone, any coach ever. You would, you know, uh-huh. I don't care if it's your 30th year, uh, but it, I, it was not going smoothly before that. And, uh, and then, you know, I guess if you looked elsewhere, you know, he used to coach with, he was a co-offensive coordinator of the Clemson tigers with Jeff Scott, Jeff uh-huh. Scott went down to South Florida and was terrible. Got fired. Uh-huh. Uh, one of his one of his other assistants was Brandon Streeter, who had the Clemson OC job alone a season ago. He got fired. Uh, that, that there's been some smoke there of like, hey, maybe these uh, maybe these coaches weren't that good in Clemson, which is that much talent that that much more talented against the other ACC foes. Do you buy into that? I think it's a little too early for us to judge Tony Elliott, uh, uh, you know, as a head coach. But where are you at with Tony Elliott? Oh man, it's way too early to judge. I don't think he's I don't think we're there yet. Like Yeah. He he came in, let him get his guys in the program. Like we're still rolling, you know, off of the last regime and their guys. And so let him get his guys in the program, let him build what he wants to build on the transfer portal and get those guys some reps and develop that talent there at Virginia. Like I don't I don't think they're in a bad spot. I think they had a down year and down years happen to everybody. Everybody has down years. So it it was a terrible situation that he walked into and it didn't get worse as the season went on with the tragic events that happened at UVA. But I'm, I'm fairly optimistic for Tony Elliott's regime at UVA. And I kind of hope they give him the time to be able to develop that team as he can, because I think that they offensively, they can be something really, really good in the future. Let's talk about time though, because this is what, and this does not regard. I mean, this will will have to involve Tony Elliott essentially, but I'm I'm not even directing it solely at him. I I, I prefaced this a minute ago. That the ACC granted rights, they're in this spot where and you yeah, I think you people just saw what happened to Stanford and Cal. And they might even be part uh-huh. of the ACC for a few years here. But um we're kind of at this spot where it's like put up or shut up teams. Like you just saw the Kansas Jayhawks throw all a shit ton of money into, into their football pro- yeah. program. You're at this point where football is driving the needle as far as where you're going to reside. As far as a conference, really the future uh-huh. of college football TV execs are making the shots. If you're not taking football that seriously, unfortunately, I think the crossroads are coming where you're going to have to decide, or you're going to end up in the conference USA or the FCS, or maybe get rid of football altogether, which some programs might do. Um, mm-hmm. I think Virginia is one of those schools in the ACC that has not been going all in on football, just like Boston college, just like Syracuse. And I would even say, you know, maybe you could throw Duke into that mix. Um, that Duke seems to be starting to commit more money to football. Kansas, as mm-hmm. we alluded to used to be a basketball school. Now they're saying, okay, we got, we got to get the, we got to get things together. Time might not be a virtue that Tony Elliott has because we don't know if the ACC will exist five years from now. And let me tell you, if the, if it, if the, if the ACC doesn't, 
I know theoretically they said maybe the SEC or Big Ten would be interested in Virginia, but also maybe not. And if that doesn't happen, where does Virginia find themselves? I think it's critical years. Critical years. When you look back, you know, 20 years Uh from now, you're going to sit there and say, these are very critical years regarding the future of the sport uh, within the program. Yeah. What's that? I think they're a big E school. Basketball. I think they're a big E school. Yeah. I think that they, I think they just tank the football program and say, we're a big E school. Like, that's it. Like, because football is king and it's going to, like, Colorado did not go to the Big 12 because of their basketball team. Yeah, very <laughs> true. Very true. Yeah. Not because of their bat UCLA, USC, they're not going to the Big 10 because of their basketball teams. Like no, it's football. Football runs everything. And so if you're not putting money into the football program and you're just cutting your losses, I mean, that's probably the best place that for you to go. You got to, you know, a deal with Fox. They the Big East gets big time deals. You don't hear anything about Marquette football. You don't yeah. hear anything about Xavier. Well, yeah. yeah. You only hear about UConn football because you're listening to this podcast. But if you weren't <laughs> listening to this podcast, you wouldn't hear about anything about UConn football. Jim so, Laura, baby. Give me the <laughs> over on the Huskies. Uh, no, it so is, it's just like, I think that's, that's where I think it, the future is for Virginia. I think they ultimately, if they say that football is just not doing it, they cut their losses. They say, all right, we're ACC is not surviving. We're not going anywhere because of football. So we're just going to tank it and we're going to go on to the big East. See, but that, that to me is like a, that's a huge decision. They're used to getting $30 million a year in the ACC. You know what UConn makes in the big East off their deal? $5 million a year. Five. So you're talking about a huge hit. That's why I think these teams gotta, gotta start throwing their money into football. And perhaps it starts with Tony Elliott you know, and you know, weak Virginia, their boosters ain't they? They not like Virginia Tech boosters. Yeah, like, they ain't got yeah. boosters like Virginia Tech that's gonna throw money. Virginia Tech gonna throw money at football regardless whether they good or bad. They gonna throw money at it. But you know, they, the the other the common folks over there in Charlottesville, uh, they they don't have the same <laughs> thought process as us. They need to change it. They need to change it or get used to that five million dollars a year, uh, folks. We're going to talk all about Tony Elliott and how the UVA offense defense and special teams will be looking in 2023. We're also going to talk about the transfer portal uh, and see, you know, we try to grade and see if they will, you know, which teams have won the transfer portal. It pretty much works for every single team, except the service academies and strangely the, Clem- the Clemson tigers. Um, but before we do all that, and by the way, we're going to go game by game on the schedule for the, for uh, the, the Virginia Cavaliers. But before we do all that, I want to tell you that the UVA Wahoos 2023 season preview is brought to you by game time. Look, buying, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be that stressful. All right. It should not be that stressful. And sometimes, sometimes, you know, it can be, you can say like, Hey, I'm going to get these tickets. And then you get to the start tailgating or something. You realize maybe I made a mistake by, you know, not getting the tickets when I thought I should have got the tickets or vice versa. Maybe you go, you get, you, you get the tickets early and the, the team's terrible or something. And you're trying to get rid of it either way, you know, going to your favorite event shouldn't be that stressful and game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all things, sports, music, comedy, and theater that's near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You could stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll be having at the event. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has tickets on deals right up to the very last minute. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, and theater, and more. And get this, they have the game time guarantee, which is absolutely fantastic, right? Uh, you'll always get the best price. Because if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. 
Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code CFBX for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Once again, terms apply. Uh, create that account, redeem that code CFBX for twenty dollars off. Download the Game Time app. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Oh, it's uh, man, it's the end of August, folks. You know what that means? Time's running out. You got to draft your fantasy football team. I already did my college my college football fantasy draft. I got my NFL one this weekend. All right, you got to check out Underdog Fantasy because you can get championship ready for your home league by trying out the best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you and, and maybe you don't know what best ball is. All right, that's fair. Right, but all you have to do is one live snake draft. No waivers. No trades. You set it. You forget about it. And Underdog does the rest. All right. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament, the largest fantasy football contest of all time with $15 million in total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Do you have what it takes to win? Do you have what do you out there have what it takes to win? I think, I think you might, you might. So hop on over there. The time is now the last day to draft your fantasy football team is September 7th. Visit underdog fantasy.com or find them in the app store and sign up with the promo code SGPN. You get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's underdog fantasy promo code SGPN. Concerned with your play call one 800 gambler. All right. We are back on the college football experience, Virginia Cavaliers, 2023 season preview. Now the portal normally when you have a uh, coaching, a uh, first year coach come in or, you know, the next two years you can have players go, you know, normally right away you have a bunch of leave, but also after the first year, you saw it with uh, Colorado state and Norvell Yep, felt like throughout the year, certain players were saying, you know, and, and you know, that's fair. If they feel like this is not the right fit for them or coaches is, is not seeing my talent, whatever. But you normally first two years, and then you add on a situation where you had at Virginia, where uh, you know I think, I think you know even if you were wanting to come back, it might be hard, considering you know the events that happened there. So maybe that it's best to go elsewhere. So want to want to start off with that because I think some guys left probably because of some of those reasons. Um, departing though, they did have a slew of departures, and starting at the quarterback spot, Brandon Armstrong. Reconnects with his offensive coordinator Robert and I at NC State. Um, you know, I don't know if you caught our locks episode, but uh, me and Patty C argue a lot. I think Brandon Armstrong can play. I thought last year. Well, I thought last year. A, he was changing systems, which in in general doesn't matter the quarterback to me. Like systems matter. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. um, but also I thought UVA had one of the worst offensive lines in America. So I actually think. Brandon Armstrong is going to be a stud at, at NC State, and I, it pains me to say that as an ECU guy. But what's your take on Brandon Armstrong? I think that Brandon Armstrong was kind of looking out the door too. Like he he knew he. I don't even think he wanted to come back to Virginia that year. To be honest, I think he just kind of did. Once the coach was out, I think Brandon Armstrong kind of he said, "Uh, I'll give it a chance and see what it looks like this year." But the writing was on the wall early. He probably knew, you know, after spring ball, like this probably isn't going to be the good fit, but it's too late for me to go somewhere else. So I'm just going to play the year out. And that's why you saw the production like that. Like Brandon Armstrong was, was garbage and you don't just go garbage like that in a year. So I think I truly believe that he, the coach left, everybody left. And he was like, Oh, I, I kind of want to leave, but something convinced him to stay. And he realized that he made the wrong mistake and he just kind of sucked it up through the year. But I don't, 
I, I think that it was just bad play because he wasn't in a good situation. He didn't want to be in a situation anymore. And I think Brandon Armstrong would be a lot better of a quarterback for NC State this year. Yeah, yeah. And you never know. Sometimes we saw Keaton Slovis transfer to Pitt because of a girlfriend. Sometimes it can be something, <laughs> sometimes it can be something that simple. Was that, the, was that the story? Yeah, yeah. I feel like that wasn't the story. I feel like they said, he said something about USC. Uh, I thought his girlfriend was, was like a volleyball player at Pitt. I heard this. I don't know. I, I was haven't, it? I haven't I don't fact know. checked I gotta, this. I gotta look into that. Yeah, we gotta <laughs> but, fact check that. Uh uh, but they lose Brennan Armstrong. And then, you know, what was interesting, uh, you know, and to credit Tony Elliott, when Tony Elliott was hired, you know, he brings in Des Kitchens to run the OC, who came over from the Atlanta Falcons, if memory serves me correct. But the offense struggled. But damn, you know, two years ago under Bronco Mendenhall, the defense mm-hmm. was not very good, but he brings in John Rosinski from Air Force. UVA's defense was legit last year. And, uh, but man, their best corner, Fentrell Sipas, four star transfer, according to 24 7 Sports, heads out to Florida State where he's penciled in as their starter. That's a bad, that's a brutal loss, man. I mean, losing Armstrong, losing Cyprus. Okay, there's other ones too. Offensive tackle Zachary Teeter. He's still in the portal, uh, according to 24 7 Sports. Linebacker Michael Green hit the portal. Safety chase. Chalmers is in the portal. Uh, wide receiver Nathaniel Beal, the third, is in the portal. Offensive tackle John Paul Flores heads out to the Louisville Cardinals, uh, where I think he's going to be starting. Uh, mm-hmm. Linebacker Nick Jackson, I know he is starting. Four star transfer heads out to the Iowa Hawkeyes. Running back Ronnie Walker head, head also heads to the portal. Offensive tackle Logan Taylor heads to Boston College. I think he might be starting there. Wide receiver Billy Kemp, I know he's starting. He's now at Nebraska. Um, Kicker Brandon Farrell heads out to South Florida. Safety Cam Kelly heads out to Louisville. Linebacker Hunter Stewart still in the portal. Um, man, those are some names. Those are some guys that started. That's uh-huh. like, I mean, I think that's a solid like five or six starters gone. Uh, incoming, they bring in Malik Washington from Northwestern. They bring in offensive lineman Brian Stevens from the Dayton Flyers going to the Pioneer League. And this one's big here, quarterback. Tony Musket from Monmouth. If you yes, listen, sir. yeah, Tony Musket. Yeah, if, if Tony you, and Tony attorneys at law. I'm trying to tell you, like, I just me and Kobe were arguing about this before we go. I don't know how Kobe's so down on this team. Like, I really don't. I really don't know how he's so down on this team. Tony Mus. We love Tony Musket. I like Tony Musket. I like. So him. how are you down on this team? Look, once again, we saw Brandon Armstrong in a new offense. Tony, Tony, Tony Musket is going to pick up a new offense. It's going to. And Tony that Musket O-line? is going from a real playoff to the FBS, <laughs> yes. and you don't want to accept it. You, this is crazy. Tony Musket is going to ball out this year, buddy. He needs the O line, and to me, you know, it's a red flag when you bring in a guy from Dayton. Dayton doesn't even give out scholarships. You know what I mean, like. <laughs> To me, if you're bringing in last year, they brought in someone from Georgetown. Are you talking down on the FCS? <laughs> Is that what you're doing? Uh, the Pioneer League, a eh, little bit, a little bit. Are you um, talking down on FCS football? Somebody, uh, we got to hear this. Clip this, please. I host the FCS college FCS. football experience, folks. Get over there and, and subscribe. I can't, wait, I can't wait to the next episode so I can come tell everybody how you were talking <laughs> down on the FCS. He's a phony. Uh, I'm just I, look. There's red flags on the offensive line to me. When you brought in a guy from Georgetown no, last worst, year, it's the worst part yeah. of this team. Uh, 
Cornerback Cam Kelly though comes in from North Carolina. This was a one-time big-time recruit for North Carolina. It didn't work out. I don't know what the hell North Carolina. I don't know how North Carolina continues to suck on defense when they have like four and five stars scattered through that uh, roster. But Cam Kelly comes in from from uh, the Tar Heels. That is a nice get. Uh, running back Kobe Pace from the Clemson Tigers. Once again, Tony Elliott uh-huh. familiar with him. Cornerback uh, Tavion Kyle from the Iowa State Cyclones. We know he likes to get down on a few parlays. Yep. Um, yep. Well, <laughs> hey man, hey uh, uh, MLD most likely DJ. One hundred percent. It's one hundred percent. Definitely. Yes. Ooh, betting is legal in Virginia. There we go. Hey, there people. we go. Hey man, this might. Most likely DJ Tavion Kyle, man. It, it's just it, it's just smelling like that to me. Uh they also bring in Houston offensive tackle Ugana Nana, I think if I can pronounce I, I think I got his name right there. Offensive tackle Jimmy Christ coming in from the Penn State Nittany Lions. That one's gonna be, be huge. And then safety Malcolm Green from the Clemson mm-hmm. Tigers. Look, I do think Kobe Pace could be a nice get. I think Cam Kelly could be a nice get. I think Musket, though, as much as I think Musket's decent, I do think Brendan Armstrong is better. Uh, so yeah. I, I think they lost the transfer portal. Would you agree to that? I don't. I, I, I think. I think that if you look at total body of work, they lost. But if you look at what Brendan Armstrong, if Brendan Armstrong was playing like he was playing last year, it's not a loss. It's not. But. It, it, it total body of work, a hundred percent. When you lose, and it's not even just the transfer portal. Let's just talk about key losses altogether. They lost all five of those offensive linemen. Now, were they any good? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, they definitely it's really only up from here. It's really oh, actually no. They they won the transfer portal because they lost all of their offensive linemen. <laughs> but no, so uh, it's it's only up from here. But the offensive line is still going to be a huge loss. But I think that the transfer portal is good because they got guys that understand this coach. Two Clemson guys. When you talk about you know Malcolm Green coming over from Clemson, talk about Kobe Pace, the running back coming over from Clemson as well. Like that, and you know, with Elliott being an offensive guy, I think that Kobe Pace is going to be really, really good for him, and probably somebody that you should look at in DFS one of these days because I think he can he can extend and have a really good game, especially if Musket kind of hits the ground running. But uh, I I think that it's it's a loss if we just look at transfers alone. It is a loss. But I think that this team is better than they were last year, a hundred percent. Well, year two, I hope so, in a way, because like your coach is is probably hammered what he wants. You know, the 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 more you get into year two or year three, I feel like you should understand what the coach is trying to get more and more. So, mm-hmm. uh, just by that nature, I feel like they should be. But uh, this offense a year ago was 125th in the nation at scoring. Folks, there was only 131 teams last year, so that was the sixth worst <laughs> offense in America. All right, the the rush it's offense. It's nowhere but up. Nowhere yeah. but up. <laughs> the rush offense was 101st. Right, the passing offense, even with Brandon Armstrong, 80th, charting at the the 102nd best offense in America, and they didn't play. Those numbers would probably be worse had they played the two more power fives. Or no, was it Coastal Carolina and Virginia Tech? Coastal uh-huh. was good. Virginia Tech wasn't very good, so maybe they would have had a good good outing there. Uh, let's talk about the offensive side of the ball because Tony Musket, I saw he was named the starting quarterback the other day. Um, there is that. So we we got he's got there was, no, there was no doubt with that. It was yeah. no doubt, especially after uh, Wolf or J- Jay Wolf decided to focus on baseball. Remember, he was like a two way player. Yeah. Um, 
the running back situation. Mike Hollins is back. They have Paris Jones. Actually, man, Paris Jones kind of popped last year. When I did watch, I was like, who is that? Who's that? Yeah. And then uh, they do have Kobe pace now coming in. So the backfield's actually looking pretty strong. The wide receivers. I do worry about this. You know what I worry about when I, when they land Malik Washington, a transfer from Northwestern and he's penciled in to be yeah. their n- number one wide out. I worry. I worry a little bit. And then uh, they have uh, what Malachi fields, I think is going to be penciled in as their other starter. And then uh, Demick or Demick Starling, I believe uh, Uh would be penciled in as their third wide out their tight end. Grant Mish is back. And then we get to the offensive line where uh, they did lose a ton. Now they are bringing back Noah Josie at the right guard who did, did get five starts a season ago. Um, he was just a freshman too. So, okay. I can understand their offensive line problems. Then, you know, starting a freshman there's a center Ty furnish who also was a freshman a season ago. He did get, he did get some starts as well. Now he didn't start the whole season, but he got some starts uh, besides that. Everyone else is a transfer. They get Nana from Houston, Chris uh-huh. from Penn state. And then uh, they're counting on the left tackle, Mikhail Bowley, a guy who did play in six games last year. But did not start. Uh, but and just none, two- of, none of those three have starts. Yeah, see, that's that's a little tough, man. I'm telling yeah, you, <laughs> none of them have starts. Yeah, none of them have starts. That is brutal. The offensive line again. The offensive line is going to be bad, but it's really nowhere from up because that was a horrible offensive line last year. So it's literally nowhere but up from here. But I, well, I, I think everybody gave up last year. Like I think even you know early on. I just think that it just wasn't put together. And that's why I'm more optimistic and why I am higher on this team this year, because I think everybody's locked into Tony Ellett and what he's got going on this year. And he's going to rally the troops. We didn't talk about uh, Grant Mish, the tight end. I think he's going to have a good year. He's going to be a good safety blanket for Tony Musket as well, especially when the offensive line collapses. as we know he is. Tony Musket, he's got some mobility to him, you know? He's he's got some mobility to him, but I think he'll definitely be able to check down to his tight end. So I think Grant Mishk is probably going to have a really good season. But I'm I'm higher on this offense, even though the offensive line is terrible. Uh, I, I think that the running back, I think that everything, if they can just get some decent, like they can put it together, piecemeal it, and that's why they're going to lose a lot of games because of that offensive line. But if they can piecemeal it enough. They can get over this win total, and they can have a a better offense than last year, even though it's hard to be worse. I don't know, man, because I think they had better wideouts last year, man. They had decent wideouts, man, with Kemp and Lavelle Davis, and and uh, yeah. you know they had better wideouts. I mean, maybe these guys are some. I you know I I haven't seen some of them play, so maybe maybe uh, maybe they're better than what I realized. But the defensive side of the ball, and like I said, John Brzezinski, two years ago he had Air Force as a top ten defense, and Virginia's defense was was atrocious two years ago when mm-hmm. and he comes in and. Scoring defense was 48th in the country a season ago, 70th in rush defense, 30th in pass defense, charting at the 43rd best de- top 50 defense. That is a very good coaching job right there. Yep. But um, and they return their entire defensive line here, uh, led by Chico Bennett, who had seven sacks at the uh, at the uh, what uh, the, I think like the DN spot. I think he might be a little bit of a hybrid there, but. Um, both defensive tackles are back. Jameer Carter and Aaron uh, Fayumai, I think it is. I'm probably I'm probably butchering your name, Aaron. I'm sorry. Uh, ben Ben Smiley also at the other end spot. He uh, well, I mean, he only got one start a season ago, but 
uh, he played in a lot of games. So that counts. Um, and then the linebacker spot, obviously you, you lose uh, that D line is going to be one of the best D lines in ACC. A hundred percent. I do believe the defensive side of the ball is a strong suit of this team. If you uh, look at the, just look at the age, yeah. four seniors and three juniors. Yeah. Uh, the linebacking core, Jonas Sanker and James Jackson back. They are breaking in uh, what Josh Ahern, I think it is, 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 is they also have Langston long. They do have a little bit of depth at the linebacker spot. Secondary uh-huh. took some hits as obviously they lose their top uh, top guy Two actually two guys in their secondary departed for Florida state and Louisville. They brought in Malcolm green from Clemson. That's it, brutal. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's disgusting. That, that's, that's another disgusting. thing though, is, is not only where they went, I mean, they lost the players, but they lost them to teams that are on the schedule. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? I, I mean, yeah. absolutely, absolutely that's brutal. brutal. Uh, but they do have uh, Antonio Clary back at the safety spot. Same with Cohen King. King had four, five starts a season ago, so maybe there's something there. Uh, the kicking game, um, they do bring back Will Betridge, who was uh, seven of ten on field goals a season ago. Punter Daniel Sparks is back as well. Um, he was third team All ACC a year ago. Okay, so oh. they were the forty third. We think. Okay, the defense was forty third a season ago. I tend to think they'll be around that same area, right? I know they lost Cypress, which and Jackson uh-huh. and, and you got to remember these numbers are a little bit skewed because they didn't play their full schedule. Right. Uh-huh. But I think they will be somewhere around, I would say 40 to 60. So I think the defense could be a little bit better, but it also could be a little I bit think worse. Better. I think yeah. it's the front seven. I think that I think it starts with the front seven and they're going to make things a lot easier for the secondary. And that's really where the coaching comes in. Like that's where, when you have a defensive unit and you sit there and you say, man, this defense would be really good if we just had a secondary or if we just had a defensive line, or if we just had somebody calling plays in the linebacking court, that's where coaching comes in. That's where you understand that a good coach says, all right, my secondary may not be able to cover for five seconds. That means I'm going to make sure this front seven can only can give them four. I'm going to make sure that hey, four seconds, you're getting a sack because that secondary can't cover back there. I'm going to think of different protections, different schemes, different, all of this stuff to be able to sit there and say, Hey, we are going to get as much out of this secondary as we can. And they did the same thing last year. Like, this wasn't projected to be a really, really good unit last year. They were projected to be bottom of the ACC again, and they were really good last year. So even though I have major concerns about the secondary, especially when you look at the teams on the schedule, like you're week one, you're playing against Tennessee. You know that offense is going to go crazy. You have NC State on the schedule. You have Florida State on the schedule. Well, like You're right. We should talk about that. They There's no more coastal. There's no more coastal like that. Nope. All those coastal all teams ACC. were kind of getting a pass. You yeah. Know? Um, I don't know. Uh, but I, I, I got the defense. I, you, you could sell me on them being better. Now I'm not buying the offense being that much better though. Cause I think there's wa- wide receiver problems and offensive line problems. Maybe musket is better than Brennan Armstrong. Maybe he understands the offense better. I don't know, but I can tell you, I think I w- if I was drafted a team, I would take Brandon Armstrong before I would Tony Musket, and I would take last year's receivers over this year's receivers. And when I look at the offensive line, I still see a lot of concern. Uh-huh. So I I don't know I, I, the offense to me I, but is a gigantic say, question mark. As yeah. bet the one hundred 
and 22nd offense still got three wins last year. True. 125th offense too. Uh, <laughs> uh, look, we're going to go game by game on the schedule. But before we do that, I want to tell you, you folks out there that the Virginia Cavaliers 2023 season preview is brought to you by DraftKings. Yes. You waited all year long and the time has finally arrived. College football's back people. And so are everything that's great about college football, the traditions, the tailgates, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. Any. All right, I told you, I'm already taking Rich Rodriguez, Jacksonville State, week zero, this Saturday. By the time you're listening, this is coming out. This is going to be right out, right in time for you to, uh, but even if not, week one, week one. You know, Dion is going to cover the 21 against TCU. Let's go. Uh, kick off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app and use the promo code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code SGP. Gambling problem call 1 800 Gambler. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. We're also brought to you by Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon. Yes, make sure to check out the Patreon. Sign up for exclusive, pay, uh, you know, sign up for the Patreon to get exclusive access to the contest, including the, the NFL Win Totals contest with a thousand dollar first place prize. And the guys just recorded their first Sports Gambling Podcast Stories podcast just for the patrons, uh, chronicling the uh, the birth of SGPN. Uh, there is there's even a Discord channel just for the patrons. So the Sports Gambling Podcast has and always will give out their picks for free. Don't get it twisted folks. This is just uh, you know, it's just a way to support us, you know, and fight back against corporate gambling. Those, those scumbags, um, sports gambling podcast.com slash Patreon that sports gambling podcast.com slash Patreon. All right, we are back. And now it is time. If you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience. I am here with the host of the NBA gambling podcast and the WNBA gambling podcast, Ralph Furman jr. And uh, folks, uh, like I said, if you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience, remember that we also host the college basketball experience when the season tips, I'm very optimistic on what Tony Bennett brought in to Charlottesville. They're going to be playing some good ball this year. I think when the season tips uh, we'll be here each and every night of the season. Also, I host the FCS college football experience. Maybe you are a William and Mary fan. Maybe you are a Richmond spider fan as well. Well, check out, check out the, uh, the shout out uh, to me, the newest William and Mary fan there. <laughs> just moved, just moved my sister in William and Mary. Oh yeah. There we go. A couple hours there ago. There we so. go. Go try William and Mary fan. Th- there we go. Uh, so check out the FCS college football experience. We also have the college baseball experience with Noah Beanick, Virginia always keeps a good baseball program. Uh, also the, uh, the we have a brand new feed, the Big Twelve experience. If you're a Big Twelve fan, maybe you maybe you got family in Texas, you want to learn about uh, Baylor. I don't know, but uh, all those are separate podcasts. We come together as one on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash The College Experience. All right, so look, if you are watching on YouTube, you see this sweet graphic. I I kind of dig the old school Virginia uniforms that they went back to. Um, three and a half wins is the total here. Three and a half. The win total a season ago was seven and a half. I listened to the episode yesterday. Mm-hmm. Set, that's a big gap. That's a big gap. Um, it means they overcorrected. 
they yeah. overcorrected. Damn, I'm if they to... weren't off last year, then uh, I'm uh. trying to tell you they overcorrected. They thought that they all right, let's move it closer, and they're about to take another L. I'm trying to tell you. Well, they're 28 point dogs, and for some reason they co. They, this is one of these SEC neutral site <laughs> games. That is in is uh, really? yeah yeah Nashville Tennessee. It's at the Titan Stadium. Oh, um, why not just play this? I, this drives me crazy. We like college football because of the home crowds, the tradition, all that stuff. Play it in either Knoxville or Charlottesville. You're right there. I don't even understand. This is like 45 minutes away. This one makes no sense to me. It's not like Virginia fans are going to travel to this. You know what I mean? Like yeah. how many Virginia fans are really going to go see them? I mean, it's the same thing. Dog? The same thing that you was getting in Knoxville. You're getting the same thing at yeah. the Titan stadium. Yeah. What do you, I, 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 it just drives me crazy. Um, they're 28 point dogs for a reason. And Henning hooker's and, gone. Hey man, I'm trying to tell you everybody forgets. I just want, I, I have a question to ask and please anybody at me with an answer. If you can find one person that was trash before they ended up being a backup, took a year, be a year or two being a backup and then came back and automatically looked better. There's nobody that I know that fit the bill of that. And I'm just telling you, we faded Joe Milton, but when he was a starting quarterback, I'm going to fade him the entire season with 10. Yes. 28 point dogs. Have I seen bigger dogs win? Yes. I'm telling you right now, I'm not hundred percent pistoling this in as a loss because again, wow. it's really good. I'm going to give it a loss here because they're a 24, 28 point dog. And I, I'm going to give them the loss here. But if we sit here and whenever you hear this podcast, when week one comes around, if Virginia is one of those schools that upset the big dog, I would not be surprised because Joe Milton sucks. <laughs> well, look, they have, they have Nico and I can never pronounce his last name, but he's a five-star recruit out of long beach that they said was looking pretty good in camp. They're, they're not giving him the, the grains at the beginning though. Yeah. He is a, he is a, he is a youngster, but he is getting, I yeah, they're going to give it to Joe. Joe's it's the, it's the same thing that happened with Hinder. They're going to give it to Joe. Joe's going to suck for the first three games. And then they're going to go to the other guy. And then the other guy's <laughs> going to have a great game and he's going to start the rest of the season. It's literally what happened every time throughout Joe Milton's career. So at this point, I mean, this is the best look for Virginia. The best look for Virginia because Joe Milton is the starting quarterback here. I'm still taking Tennessee, Take the man. Under. They got Take Brew, the under. they got Brew McCoy. They got the Squirrel White. They got those running backs. Uh, I'll say Tennessee. I'll be. Yeah. I'm not going to be crazy. I'll say Tennessee. They they are 12th ranked preseason. What for whatever preseason rankings are for, they're 12th ranked for a reason. I'll say Tennessee. <laughs> but the next two, we gonna have to have a conversation about. Well, the James Madison Dukes, who I think uh, I got to give Patty C a little bit of credit. I mean, I thought they would be all right jumping to the FBS. I know NC Nick thought they'd be ass jumping last year. They should have played for the Sun Belt Championship, but the, yeah. it, the stupid NCAA rules didn't allow them to. Uh, one thing that stands out to me when I watch JMU, I'm super impressed with their offensive line. Like they, uh -huh. their offensive line last year was really, really good and. I'm sorry. I know. No, but see, that's what, that's why I'm saying that they're going to take the L here because that defensive line is one of the best in the ACC and they're going to feel it. I think that neutralizes whatever positives that offensive line was going to give them. Uh, Virginia may be, watch the trends on the over under. Virginia may be a really, really good under team this year, but 
I think that that offensive line is going to get neutralized by that defensive line, and that's going to make this a, a, a fair game. Both offensive lines are going to have trouble. Both quarterbacks are going to be running for their lives. I think that at home, first home game of the season, James Madison, yes, this is little brother, but this isn't the same little brother anymore. They, they're getting more respect now. I think that they're not overlooking this James Madison team. They get the win in Charlottesville. I got JMU winning this man. I do. I am a little concerned. Uh, you know, JMU did lose Todd Santeo, their quarterback. They're going with a younger guy who apparently they're excited about, but this will be his still first, early in the season. This will be his first road test, but yeah, man, come on. This, this place don't get too lit. All right. So let's go. Give me JMU to get it done. And then on a short week, they head to college park, Maryland, take on Mike. Locke. You hear Mike Locksley at big 10 media day. That's a confident man right there. He said, are you backing Mike Loxley? He said, he said, now oh, no, I just want to hear you. I just want to hear you say it. I want you to say, I am backing Mike in Loxley. this game. I am. He brings back Tolia. He's in his seventh year in college. I feel like Loxley saying uh big 10 media day that they're contenders to win the big 10, the whole big 10. I'm not buying that, but uh, I can appreciate uh, his comments. Uh, body, I got them. Oh, oh, and three here, man. Oh, and three. I think they lose to Maryland. Maryland's got a seventh year quarterback, man. If it was it, I mean, in Charlottesville, well, maybe yeah, seven years and he's been okay. Every single one of those seven years, I think defense, the defense travels on the road here makes that a close one. I, I will give you the loss at Maryland. I, they split between James Madison and Maryland. They win one. So I'll give you one and two here. Hmm. Hmm. Then they have another. Well, I guess one week later they play Brandon Armstrong revenge game. Brandon Armstrong comes back to Scott Stadium. He's gonna torch them. That's what I'm saying. I got this team zero and four through September, one and three through September. And then they head to Chestnut Hill to take on Boston College. Now I'll say this: this is winnable. I think they win. This is winnable. Now. Because it's at Boston College, I would favor Boston College, but it ain't by much. This is like a to no, me like a field goal game. This is a field goal defense, game. I think this is literally the defense comes up big for them, creates turnovers, puts the offense in in better field position, and gets them able to score in this one with Boston College. I I, I think they they eke out this one. I have them at two and three here. All right, I'll I'll join you on this win. They get it done in Chestnut Hill. Well, I know you got me on the next one. Well, you got no, have me no, on the next no, one. no. My, you know who the co- Mike London f- f- was fired oh, by Virginia. I know, I know. He I was know, fired by London Virginia. Not winning. Mike London is not winning this game with William and Mary Staff. <laughs> he's not winning. Oh, this game I cannot wait Staff. to watch this game because he's, William he's and Mary. Cover, don't, he's going to cover. Don't he's not fade your win. sister's school. All right, because look, <laughs> they're going to cover. Co- they're not winning. Watch out, Virginia. Watch out, Mike London. Not only did he play at Virginia. He coached at Virginia. He was fired. He wants this one, man. He wants this one. They beat an FBS last year. That was Charlotte. They beat him bad too. That I think like 18 or 21 points or something. Uh, dude, they're going one and one in that Boston college William and Mary stretch. No, they're not. They're winning both of those games, man. They're so three you, and three. So you they're got three the, and three here. You got the over about the cash already. Because you can't. You, so I, I originally said, oh, well, they got North Carolina on the road next week. Maybe. But they have a week to prepare for that. And we'll talk about that. That's big. A week to prepare for that North Carolina game. Uh, they, they're they not looking past William and Mary, man. Three and three. You got you're disrespectful at this point. Uh, one win heading into the bye week. And guess what? They go to that. 
to that wine and cheese crowd in, ta- in Chapel so they Hill have for one football. win in the non-conference. You got them with one win in the non-conference, dude. They could lose every game on the schedule this year. No way, no freaking way, man. You're insane. <laughs> they, they they play at uh, Chapel Hill, now oldest rivalry in the South. These games are always wild, though. I will say this: these games are always wild, so it wouldn't shock me. Virginia covers; is, they don't get the win. Yeah, that's what my first. They cover; thought. they don't get the win. So I got them losing that. Then they head down to Miami, Florida. I got to take Miami, even though I think like these games are wacky too. This game, they almost beat Miami last year. I still think they're going to lose this game. I think the only reason I'm taking Miami is because the back-to-back root spot. But if this, if this was flipped at Miami, they're playing Miami after the bye. I would have took Virginia now on November 4th. So I got it with one win on November 4th. I'm cashing, I'm cashing my over by November, the first weekend, in November, I'm cashing my over. Because Brent Key and Georgia Tech come in and they're starting, uh, they're starting the Haynes King, the former Texas A and M kid, and I'm not a big fan, but um, I didn't like him. Yeah, this is a winnable game. This is a, this is this is one. Georgia Tech coming on her home. Yeah, they're winning this one. This is this cash is the win total. I'm just letting you know the win total is cashing here. I'll even join you as a second win here. Give me this. You're as a win. still on. You're still on the second win. Yes, yes, and I. <laughs> this I, is I, insane, Kobe. dude. I think they could lose it. Um, this is disrespectful. Then on a Thursday night, they're at Louisville. I am very high on Louisville this year. I think Louisville's going to fuck them up. Yeah, I, I, on the road against Louisville, I think they take L. And it's a short week. It's a really short week. They play that on Thursday, so you go from Saturday to Thursday. That's five days in between. Like I think they take they get the brakes beat off them in Louisville. Then they turn around and they host Duke. Duke beat them by twenty one a year ago, and guess what? Duke returns nineteen starters off of that team from a year ago, including Riley Leonard. They're not winning oh. this. They're not winning. And guess what? Duke still sucks. <laughs> wow, I'm not a Duke back fan. 19 starters. That, that's for Nick. Back 19 right? starters yeah. of a team that sucked. <laughs> so you probably should have let a couple of those guys go if you want to be honest. But oh man, Duke, no, Duke's going to no, be. No, they them. have extra time. And same. This is where you guys are disrespectful. They have. Look how much time they have to prepare for this team. They basically have two weeks. You go from November 9th to November 18th. Nine days to pretend to prepare for this game at home. You. Just probably lost three of the last four games here. This is going to be a huge spot. The only thing that I could say is if they're looking ahead to Virginia Tech. Yes, the Commonwealth Cup. That is the only thing. But if they're looking ahead, they get the win against Virginia Tech. Now, well, I can Virginia Tech guy. I don't think that's going to happen. So they win, do lose Virginia Tech. (laughs) I could see them, dude. I was shocked. (laughs) Can we talk about this for a second? Uh, I got him losing to Duke, but the Virginia Tech game. They Virginia Tech goes out in the offseason, brings in Keon Drones uh, from Baylor. Who, yeah, you know, I I was like, oh okay, because mm-hmm. one thing last year that stood out to me was Grant Wells not very good. Uh, Virginia Tech named Grant Wells the starting quarterback yesterday. I'm a bit dumbfounded about what's happening in Blacksburg. Uh, this game's winnable. This is a winnable game. Now I, I would favor Virginia, Virginia Tech. You're low on. Oh, Virginia Tech is going to win the game. They're going to win the game. Well, then I got them two and 10. And I'll be honest, I think I'm being. You are crazy. I think I'm being. How did you get two and 10? This is a soft schedule. No. No. This is like one of the softest. Like, I think only Virginia Tech has a softer schedule in the ACC. This is a soft schedule. No, they play 10 power fives. And I consider JMU pretty damn close to a power five. And then they get William & Mary's a top 10 FCS school. But you get Georgia Tech at home. You get Duke at home. 
you you get to go to on the road to Boston College. Like that's that's a winnable game. Like they just have so many fav- those two favorable home games in the conference already combined with me already giving them two wins out of conference. Like we're, Dude, we're they good could here. go winless. They could go zero and twelve. Five and five and five. Is that no? What's that? Five and seven. They're five let, and seven ball club. Don't so with with Jay Wolfor quitting football and going to baseball. That was their backup quarterback. Don't let Tony Musket get injured because you'll be on quarterback number three. You want to talk no, about a blueprint to zero and twelve? That's that's but your blueprint to zero and twelve. That is the blueprint. But if Tony Musket does not play, and Tony Musket has had injury problems in the past, I think he only played eight games last year, actually. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I expect to see Tony Musket re- revamped, and this is his shot. This is his shot. Like Tony Musket was lighting up the FCS, and l- l- we like to back those though. guys when they move up. We like to back true, those guys. True, true. But move up. but I actually think Monmouth might have had a better offensive line than Virginia. Probably so. Not it's gonna, gonna, it's gonna be fun so. to watch. It's gonna be fun to watch, yeah. folks. Man, I, I I am I'm locking up Virginia. Oh, no, mine is a half, lock. Man. Mine is a lock on the under. We mine got a lock is, battle. Right, lock we battle. got a lock, lock battle. battle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I got this is a five win ball club. There's no way they're gonna get four wins here. There's no way they're gonna get four wins. Where the hell is this? We got a lock battle going on in Charlottesville. Terrell Furman Jr. on the over with the Wahoos. Your boy picked Dundee, taking you to the land down under with UVA under three and a half wins. I actually, I, I'm, I'm not, I am not even doing shtick. Patty C's not here. I think they could go in twelve, man. If they <laughs> w- circle they're that William and Mary game, 12, if they man. lose that William and Mary game, they're not going. They're not losing the William. If and they Mary. lose that William and Mary game, you better watch out. Dog, what is with you, like? <laughs> <laughs> folks, <laughs> folks, uh, Terrell's on the over. I'm on the under. And look, I had a chance to sit down with Michael Barker, AKA college football campus tour. Michael uh, has been to every, <laughs> I like to say every football game that's ever happened, but uh, he definitely goes to a shit ton of football games. Every single, there's 133 teams in the FBS. He's been to all those stadiums. He's been multiple times for games, not just to visit the stadium. So, uh, I got a, a chance to sit down with him for him to talk about Scott Stadium and his, his travels to Charlottesville. So, with no further ado, here is that interview. Joining me on the College Football Experience Virginia Cavaliers 2023 season preview is none other than Michael Barker, aka College Football Campus Tour on Twitter at CFB Campus Tour. Uh, Michael documents via his Twitter account. Uh, his college football travels, which is unbelievable because he's been to all 133 college football stadiums for games, not just for visits. And he's been to a lot of them multiple times. He's been to a lot of the FCS, a lot of D2, D3, and it's absolutely fantastic. It's a must follow if you love college football at CFB campus tour, because Michael, not only, not, not only does he document his travel, he documents like the history of the stadium, does the photo of the game. And it's just, it's just remarkable. The work that he does, Michael, I appreciate you hopping on the show, talking a little Scott stadium, man. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Uh, 1931, this place opened. So a lot of history at Scott stadium. Yeah. I'm looking at photos of it right now. And it's really a cool looking stadium. Like Virginia's in this spot, in my opinion, where if they don't, they need to really put football first because uh, basketball is great and everything. And I, I think football and basketball is your money makers. You want to go in, in heavy into both, but the ACC is is could collapse at any time. 
And to me, if you don't have your football program really attractive, you're going to end up in like the conference USA. I say that for, for, for now, Virginia's a little bit different. Maybe they get the invite, but for like Boston college and stuff, I'd still say you want to solidify that they should go all in on football. Cause this stadium is fantastic. It looks beautiful. At least, I don't know. Tell me, tell me about the history of the stadium. Yeah. So as I mentioned, open 1931, uh, when it first opened, it had 25,000 seat capacity. It's now up to 61,000 seat capacity. Scott stadium is, uh, the, there was a major donor. His name was Frederick Scott. I should say that the official name of the stadium is Carl Smith center comma home of David a Harrison, the third field at Scott stadium. That's the official name. Um, it's the oldest FBS stadium in Virginia. The record crowd was in 2008 versus USC, 64,947. And you mentioned it looking cool in the, in the photos. What I really like is in the north end zone, there's these columns that flank the, the scoreboard, and then there's a grassy hill below it. And if there's a big game there, there's overfill fans, and they fill that spot. So just cool little soldier field kind of columns vibe combined with you know, the ultimate college experience, having fans sitting on a grassy hill. So definitely uh, a lot of cool aesthetics at Scott stadium. Yeah, you're right. And that's what makes it, it gives it personality. It looks like you're right. That's a good comparison soldier field before they took down those columns. Uh, unbelievable. How many times you've been there, man? So I've been there for one game and I believe it's either the, or one of the biggest games in program history. It was the 2019 finale against Virginia tech. They always play the finale against them. Uh, it's called the Commonwealth cup and going into the game, Virginia had lost 15 straight to Virginia tech in that game. They won 39 to 30. They snapped the losing streak. They won uh, uh, their division for the ACC and they made it to the ACC title game and got to rush the field, uh, ran up before with the fans on the field, ran up, took a photo with everybody on the field and then ran down and participated in it. So uh, only one game there, and it was maybe the biggest game in Scott history or Scott Stadium history. Very fond memories, and and I hope to get back for another game. It's been you know four or five years now, so I'd love to get back again. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a great. Anytime you get to rush the field or something, it's awesome. That's part of what makes college football so amazing. Uh, I I mean, folks, you got to give this guy a follow because uh, look, he was telling me his travel schedule for week one. It's like ten different cities. I feel like it's planes, trains, automobiles, everything. Uh, and he documents all of his travels via his Twitter page. Once again, at CFB campus tour, uh, he does a photo of the game. It's really well done. This is not like some idiot just saying I'm at college football games. Here's a photo of my beer. And look at the tailgate. No, this is like professionally done. Uh, Michael, I appreciate you hopping on the show, talking Virginia football and Scott stadium. And maybe one day I'll catch you at Scott stadium. Yeah, we got to get this one in. There's a lot of other, uh, D one schools right in the vicinity, a good candidate for a two for one on a Saturday, but we got to make that happen for sure, brother. Appreciate you hopping on. And I look forward to seeing more of your travels this season because, uh, you know, I'm, I, I, oh, I got to set an over under on how many airplanes you'll be on. And from, from late August until the end of December, I would say, I'm going to set like the over under at like, uh, let's go 40. Well, last year, regular season, 90 days, it was 52,000 miles. I don't know how many flights that was, but, but I, I might take the over on your 40. So we'll see. <laughs> Thanks for hopping on the show, man. And, and best wishes on the season, man. Absolutely. Thank you, Colby. I appreciate it.
anytime, man. Take care. Michael Parker, Scott Stadium. You know what's crazy, man? Is I'm actually hey, ne- he's not allowed to come back to the Commonwealth Cup. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> he is not. I will. I will personally make sure he's that luck. I am outside the stadium with a pitchfork. <laughs> you are telling me that's the game he went to. He was the, the one UBA time. Game, yeah. That's the one. He is not allowed there ever again. Oh my gosh, that hey, is hey, disgusting. He's got. Watch out. He's going to the. He's going to the. Central A and T game. Is he? Is he? Don't let him jinx that one. Am I going to be there? Don't let yeah, him jinx that not. one. He better not. I mean, we just <laughs> lost to him last year, so hopefully it's coming back for us this year. I don't know. I don't. I'm not high on A and T this year. I think they might lose that game again. But yeah, Central's looking pretty good too. So, uh, folks, check out the FCS College Football Experience and make sure you check out Terrell Furman Jr. Uh, once again, on give him a follow on Twitter at reallyrel underscore underscore. And make sure you subscribe to the NBA gambling podcast and the WNBA gambling podcast because Terrell does great work over there and uh, folks give us a follow on Twitter at TCE on SGPN and uh, I'm on Twitter at the Colby D and season's here folks let's go let's get it going uh, at, when the season starts five days a week at noon I will be live and guess what you will be able to hear myself and Terrell Furman Jr. Saturday mornings an hour before kick all right. So if you're out, I guess we're talking to fans, most likely on the East coast. So at 11 AM on the East coast, tune in youtube.com slash the college experience. Also remember the college basketball experience. UVA is going to be good this year. Let's go folks. Until next time, this is the college football experience. UVA Cavaliers 2023 season preview episode. You better start thinking about yours and we out of here.